Good morning. My name is Bob Thomas. I'm one of the pastors here at Stony Brook. On behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend David Hoffman, who is in South Carolina, and our associate pastor, Reverend Jennifer Casey, who is our preacher of the day, I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and welcome you to worship this morning, particularly those who are here in person and to those who are worshiping online as we celebrate Christ the King Sunday and Thanksgiving. I just wanted to remind you that there is still time for you to return your 2022 commitment card. If everyone gets involved, if we have 100% participation, we will reach our goals and be able to most effectively um, love God, love our neighbors, and serve the world. The commitment cards are available from the ushers. If you don't have yours today, if you didn't bring it today, if you didn't get it turned in, they have one. You can turn it into the basket. If you're watching online, you can get this online and make your commitment. We'd appreciate the help. Next Sunday, uh, on uh, November 28th, from 5 until 7, we're going to be having the Hanging of the Greens, and that's a wonderful time for us to get together and do all the decorating in the building, but it isn't all just work. We're going to be having a meal that evening. Pastor Jennifer and Pastor David are working on fine-tuning their recipes to see which one has the very best chili recipe. So you'll want to come, and actually we're going to be serving from 5.30 to about 6.30, a little after. You can eat the whole time, but we're kind of hoping that you'll eat and then come and work and maybe go back so not everybody's eating at one time. But we hope that you'll come, and we need to have you sign up. So if you'll take your, your connection card right now and fill out the connection card, and that gives us some basic information. You can put a prayer request on there if you have that. But also the number that are coming uh, for the hanging of the green so we know to how much food that we need to prepare. So you plan to come for that. And then as a special treat, we're going to have our pickup uh, uh, Advent Christmas Carol Band. It's from seventh graders until to up, up until the 97-year-olds. Now, the 98-year-olds, we decided this was probably the year they should retire. But if you're up to 97, you can play. And we'd love to have you be a part of that. You just, just come and bring your instrument. If you have one of those special masks, bring that. But you'll be social distance. It's just a fun way the whole building is filled with Christmas carols. You'll want to be a part of that. Next Sunday evening from 5 to 7, we get the decorating done. We have a lot of fellowship and a lot of fun. So we hope that you'll be a part of that. Don't forget the other announcements that are uh, online or are in your bulletin here this morning. Our sanctuary bells ring for us now. Let all things now living.
Will you stand as you are able, as we are called to worship? Come to worship Jesus Christ, Alpha and Omega, the one who is, who was, and is to come. Come to worship Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of heaven. Good shepherd, true vine, wonderful counselor, prince of peace, we come to worship Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Come, ye thankful people, come. Let us sing. Eternal God, creator of all that we see and touch, in this season of Thanksgiving, we tend to focus our gratitude on the material resources of our planet. Meat and potatoes come from your good earth, and we are grateful. Lumber for houses and hotels comes from what you have made, and we are grateful. 
Milk and honey come from creatures that have their source in your creative work, and we are grateful. Sugar and spice come from plants having their genesis in your creative act, and we are grateful. All that is visible comes into our awareness this Thanksgiving, including our health. These bodies that we call temples of the Spirit, how can we ever thank you for hearts of steady beat, arms and hands moving in response to commands from our minds, and the coordination of ear and eye with signals to the brain bringing sound and sight. But we would not forget the many non-material blessings which we do not see or touch, but which make all the difference in the quality of our living. We thank you for every heart purged of malice and made loving through your sanctifying grace. We praise you for every kind deed extended to a person in need. We exult in every forgiving expression and action extended to an enemy, resulting in holy reconciliation. We are filled with gratitude for fidelity between those committed together in marriage and for all committed relationships allowing people to live in the security of dependable love. Our hearts turn to you with great thanksgiving for every sacrifice gladly given by parents for their children, children for their parents, friends for friends, citizens for citizens, teachers for students and all other reciprocal relationships of family and community. There is no end, O oh Lord, to our list. We are so grateful for all the non-material acts and attitudes that, that make life joyful and satisfying. So receive, we pray, our thanksgiving that we may also receive the blessing of a grateful heart. We pray these and all of our prayers in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and King. And following his instruction, we call you Father and pray with one voice. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Right on, King Jesus.
Hear now these words from the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and on his account all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of God for all of God's children. Thanks be to God. Let's join together in turn your eyes upon Jesus as we respond to the reading of this scripture. join me in a spirit of prayer. Oh God, we give you thanks for the gift of this ancient and holy scripture. May it work in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits to open us up to your great love in our lives and your great love for all the world. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Grace and peace to you from the one who was, the one who is, and the one who um, ah, is. The book of Revelation. No other book of the Bible conjures up dread and fear and confusion and downright avoidance like Revelation. It is quite possibly the most misunderstood, misread, and misinterpreted book of the Bible. And I love it. (laughs) It's weird, and it's wild, and I think it's wonderful. The images and the language that the author chooses to use are bizarre, And it's a genre of literature that is unfamiliar to many of us. Apocalyptic. When we hear that word, many of us automatically think of the end of times. 
the fictional Left Behind series from the 1990s, TV shows like The Walking Dead and movies like A Quiet Place illustrates how our culture equates apocalyptic literature with doomsday and end of times scenarios. Unfortunately, Hollywood doesn't quite get the grasp of how first century people would have heard apocalyptic writing. Unlike the doomsday portrayals we see, this writing would have been understood as a revealing, an unveiling, a disclosing, if you will. It was less end of the world and more, where is God in the midst of the pain and suffering of life? Just like we still wonder today. There would have been an expectation that the author would answer questions like, where is God in the trials and tribulations of life? Will there be justice? Is this God that we've chosen for ourselves ultimately in charge? Just like we still wonder today. Living during a time in which the Roman Empire would have made their lives their religion, their worship of God rather than Caesar, difficult, next to impossible even, and a very threat to their lives, had them both anxious and scared. It makes sense that their pastor responded in this way. The book of Revelation at its core is a letter a letter from a pastor named John to the seven churches he oversaw in Asia. Among the doom and the gloom and the vivid and wild images, rhythms begin to emerge throughout the writing and connections are made to the God who creates, redeems, and sustains us. This is a letter of hope, a letter of encouragement, a letter of love to hurting and fearful people. Revelation is a poetic love letter from a pastor to his people. Grace and peace to you, my beloved congregation at Stony Brook. From the God who created you, the God who has redeemed you, and the God who continues to sustain you. From the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the everything and everywhere. It is this God, the same God who created the heavens and the earth, who loves you. Are you aware of this? just how much God loves you? This week, I have been reminded how fragile life is and how hard life can be. A variety have, of situations have illustrated the pain that you all hold in your hearts. Loss, disappointment, anger, grief, worry, just scratch the surface of life experiences. 
There is much happening, and it's easy to wonder, where is God in the midst of all of this? In a conversation this week, I found myself saying, if I could fix things for you, I would. If I could stand in the pulpit each week and snap my fingers and it would make everything better for you and everybody in the congregation, I would. I'd do it every single week. And then we could go on and praise God and dance for joy the rest of the worship service. That's not the way it works. We know that. There is no quick fix. There is no magic pill to get rid of the pain. In our discomfort, we often try to manage it through numbing, and we know that that never works. The magic pill is working through our own emotional process while keeping God at the center. Sounds easy enough, but any of us who have lived any length of time on this earth know that it's a lifelong journey. God loves you very much. One of the gifts of the liturgical year is experiencing the fullness of the Christian message each year. Today is Christ the King Sunday. It's the last Sunday in the liturgical year. Next Sunday, we'll begin Advent, the beginning of the liturgical year where we will wait expectantly for God's miraculous entrance into the world through a human baby, Jesus. But before we get to that, today, we recognize and we celebrate that Jesus is King of all kings, Lord of all lords, Prince of Peace. The world doesn't feel very peaceful right now. As a people, we seem to be getting more and more anxious. I suspect there are probably many reasons for this. Increased worldwide communications, depletion of natural resources, living our lives longer, an emphasis on self, divisive politics, oh, and a pandemic, just to name a few. Add to that the natural losses we all experience, and at times, life can feel very heavy. God loves you very much. The same God who inhabits the starry night sky and the brilliant heat of the sun loves you. It's not uncommon for pastors to get asked, why? Why did God cause this? Why did God allow this? I don't have the answers to these questions. I would offer, perhaps, we could shift our thinking just a bit. Instead of asking why questions, what if our questions were, what is my response to suffering to be? How can I be Christ-like for the world right now? In an anxious world, perhaps being Christ-like is modeling patience 
and kindness, forgiveness and peace. Because you know what? Anxiety is contagious. We as Christians have the opportunity to help our world, our community, our neighborhood, our church, our family, to relax and to experience some calmness and stability in life, to be an agent of peace. When we're calmer, we make better decisions. We treat people nicer. We're gentler to ourselves and to others, and we offer comfort and healing in more impactful ways. Because you know what? Peace is contagious. God loves you very much. And God loves your neighbor just as much. When God wanted the world to see what God's face looked like, a baby was born. The divine put on flesh and became human. This message about the humanity of our divine God is that our human lives matter. They are important. Unlike some strains of religious thought where we're just biding our time to get into heaven, that's not actually the case. God wants us to live, really live, right here, right now. A life well lived doesn't mean that it's going to be pain free. What it means is that it will be a life which encompasses a wide range of the human experience. Sometimes this will include pain, and other times it's going to include a great soaring joy. A life well lived means being human. Being human means life with other humans. A few months ago, I began taking ballet classes. Never, it's okay to laugh. <laughs> Thank you. Never in my life have I danced. Never in my life have I wanted to dance. So I have no idea where this even came from. I'm blaming the phenomena of the pandemic. You know what? I am loving it. And it is the hardest physical thing I have ever done. And I've run a marathon. It is so technical. The terms are so foreign to me. I'm clunky. I'm clumsy. The positions are awkward. And it takes a strength I don't yet possess. Did I mention I love it? Recently in a class, I asked the teacher about a particular foot movement that she had us doing. And her response to me and to the class was, for the purpose of this class, you'll need to move your feet in this way. But when you get to dancing on point, you'll do it a different way. I laughed out loud. For those of you who may not know what dancing on point is, it's when the dancers are literally up dancing on their toes. You know, there's special shoes made for this kind of dancing. Could she not see that I'm not exactly young? 
Was she not aware that I was enrolled in a class that is literally titled Absolute Beginner Ballet? <laughs> Did she not notice the clunky, clumsy movements of my body? She looked directly at the class after I laughed out loud and said to us, I'm absolutely serious about that. You know what? Something in me began to shift. It wasn't a conscious shift, but something inside my head began to see myself as a dancer, not just someone who showed up to take a dancing class. She offered me a possibility that I didn't even know existed. And this shift in me has caused me to experience even more joy in the movement of the dance. God loves you very much. God loves your neighbor very much. What if our response to the pain of the world was to help others and to help ourselves mitigate the suffering by truly connecting with one another? What if this is exactly where we find Christ? Barbara Brown Taylor has a beautifully written book titled An Altar in the World, where she describes the practices of discovering the sacred all around. She helps to shift one's thinking from only expecting to experience God during a Sunday morning worship service to seeing all of life as holy and sacred, the world as a worshipful experience. She writes about the importance of being human and the importance of connecting with others when she writes this. When people wanted Jesus to tell them what God's realm was like, he told them stories about their own lives. When people wanted him to tell them about God's truth about something, he asked them what they thought. With all kinds of opportunities to tell people what to think, he told them what to do instead. Wash feet, give your stuff away, share your food, pray for those who are out to get you, be the first to say, I'm sorry. Jesus pointed back to the people to teach the people about God because he knew God was there with the people. And God is right here with us, showing us, teaching us, loving us, offering us a new possibility. Feed one another. Offer hospitality. Be kind. See every other human being as being created in God's very own image, just like you, and treat them accordingly. This is where we will find the king in our midst, in the faces of the sick, the poor, the imprisoned, the disadvantaged, the lonely, the hurting, the desperate. 
we will find the king in our midst because we are those people. Jesus is the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the prince of peace. He is the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. Jesus, the one who promised to leave his peace with us to share with others, also promises that he will be with us always until the end of ages. This, my friends, is the hope, the good news that we have in Christ the King. Amen. At this time of offering, it's my opportunity and, and, and great joy to uh, extend to you again our, uh, gener- your, our thanks for your ongoing generosity. We, our offerings really are an act of worship. It is an expression of our gratitude to God for all the blessings that we receive. Remembering you can give online, you can mail your offerings to the church, or you can use the baskets at the rear. In his Thanksgiving letter that you received, Pastor David reminded us and challenged us to begin to invest a little bit more in kindness, generosity, involvement, and commitment, to build more connections with our neighbors and to focus on our own spiritual growth as followers of Jesus the Christ. You heard that again this morning. Now, one of the ways we can tangibly demonstrate our willingness to invest intentionally is to make a gift to Stony Brook's Thanksgiving offering, which we will use to support GRIN, which is Gahanna Area Residents in Need. There are Thanksgiving offering envelopes you can pick up before you leave today, or if you brought yours with you, you can place these in the offering basket. We'd like to get these received by next Sunday. It will help us as we reach out to help our neighbors here in our community with a helping hand, with a hand up, with the opportunity to help our, our neighbors when they're having a difficult time. So we invite you to help us with that Thanksgiving offering. As our ushers bring forward our gifts, we invite you to stand as we sing together, Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow. God invisible, God incarnate, God inspiring. The offerings that we bring to the Lord's table are simple signs of our hope for the great feast you prepare in heaven. Receive these, our gifts, and the offering of our very selves as living sacrifices acceptable to you, King Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. Jesus shall reign.
just in case you missed it during the sermon, God loves you. You get to take that knowledge of love out into the world and you get to spread it to everyone that you meet. Your invitation this week is to encounter every single person as if you are encountering Christ and respond likewise. Go in peace, my friends, with the confidence of the children of God. Amen.